Hello everyone. Uh, welcome to Home Cookery and Other Sins with Nick and Ashley. Today we're going to talk about Thick Boy Pork Chops. That is not their name. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about honey mustard pretzel crusted pork chops with polenta. And those pork chops are coincidentally... Thick Boys. There you go. They're the big, thick, thick pork steaks, you know, where you see the recipe and the pork looks like the juiciest shit you've ever seen. It looks like you ordered a steak from a good steakhouse, but it's pork. Thick yeah, boys. well, yeah, or like a good pork chop. This, these things are like, you know, an inch and a half thick things. They're big ass pork chops. If you can get them. I mean, if you can't, I don't know if I would make this recipe. You can't. There's there's pork chop recipes you can do with, with thinner pork chops. It's very hard. The thinner it is, like the drier it's likely to get is the problem. So it's like, yes, you can do it, but you have to be careful and you have to, like, um, like dry brine, basically, if you're doing something thin. Yeah, and even then, you're still going to run the risk. Um, but. Yeah, but we have a pork chop recipe that we're going to talk about where we did use not super thick bone-in pork chops that turned out... That turned out really good. It's just you have to make sure that you dry brine it with salts so that it like retains the moisture in it when you cook it this is true but if you want like super moist pork this has a marinade too actually it marinates overnight but it's not a brine it's a marinade it's a wet marinade wet wow i just realized something hmm? i think that was the fastest we've ever gotten to talking about the actual recipe. The point, yeah. To the point. Yeah. So I'm going to sidetrack us because I feel weird like if I don't. Yeah, I just want to get to the point quickly in the episode so people don't go, I don't even know what you're talking about. I yeah, don't care. I don't, <laughs> I don't like that. Now, let's like dick around for like 10 minutes. Um, I'll keep it a kind of on theme. I was talking to my mom uh, about Christmas presents. and um, Your dad, mom, Mickey? Sure. <laughs> You know, my mom with a man's name. Yeah. Um, my dad, uh, he asked for a pan and a knife. And in my brain, I was like, the fuck does he want a pan to cook with for? And like his own special knife to cut stuff? Is it for like painting? It is for painting. Oh, okay. My dad is in painting and drywalling, and so he wants a mud pan. I call him Farl. Farl. And the, the pan, you know, it's just to mix mud uh and water and it's to mix it around but it's just called a pan and i was you know dicking around i was like what does he want his own special pan to fry pork chops in so he can (laughs) fry them specifically to death she's like no 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 i fry them to death because that's how he likes them and that just confirms my mom knows how to cook pork chops (laughs) that's just my dad's preference that's something i didn't know for the longest time yeah, well, so, that, yeah, that goes back to, okay, so if you, lots of people do not like pork chops. Lots of Americans. It's a very all-American, like, dish, it's right? It's a Midwest, well, that, this style specifically is a very, uh, the, the fried to death is very specifically, like, a Midwest American classic. Yeah, yeah, lots of people have had it, your mom made it at some point, or your grandma or something, and it's a true. lot of people hate it. Super thin. Because it's very thin and very dry. Fried to ungodly death with the only seasoning is salt and pepper. 
Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes for me... Sometimes there's a packet of gravy. Not in my house. Mm. Sometimes for me it hits that perfect spot of nostalgia. But if I ever ordered that and got it at a restaurant, I'd go, oh... This place fucking sucks. It's just like, it's so, it's like chewing on the sole of a shoe. I don't have too much of a problem with it because it's nostalgic, but I don't seek it out. It's pretty gross, but uh, yeah, there's some people that like it, like Farrell, loves it. Apparently that's how he likes it. My mom doesn't care for pork chops, which we don't even unpack that bag yet, but. I mean, yeah, that's one of those that's like chicken and egg. Like, do you not like it because you've never had a good one? Or, like, you just don't like pork because we, you know, uh, Lay- we know Lale. I don't know if I've given her a name yet. Why is everybody? I, I don't care. Uh, whatever sounds the weirdest. An anonymity. An- an- I get it. <laughs> whatever sounds uh, the weirdest. So, Lale. I'm going to call her Lale today. Lale. <laughs> She just she, like she doesn't eat pork because it makes her sick, she and then claims she still eats to it. Not like pork and get sick when she eats pork, but like bacon and Italian meats and sausages, like Italian sausage, kind of sobrissetta and things like that. Like are some of her favorite foods in the universe. So she kind of had to pedal back on that and be like, "Well, they still make me sick. It's just worth it." And it's like. Okay, I just feel I mean, like you just don't like ham or something. I understand not liking ham because ham's a very specific thing. Sure, but then say you don't you like, like ham. ham. Not yeah. I do not like anything that comes from a pig. Like yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. And I I fell into this. You you might be in the same boat where you like I have had pork chops. They are terrible. There's like I love bacon all day long, but pork chops are just the worst meat ever, and they're just awful meat. I was kind of in that boat, other than... The only, the only reason I gave them another chance was because I saw them done on cooking shows. And well, they actually looked good. I was like, that looks really good. That looks like a nice steak that See, I, I, I want to eat. I always liked your mom's pork chops. Yes. Because I was and, eating... And my mom actually made pretty good pork chops. They were definitely a Midwest like recipe of pork chops, but they had a gravy. Weren't they, like, pan-fried and then just drowned in gravy? Yes. They were thin and they were pan-fried. And they were boneless, which... And they were were boneless. As the stupid child that I was, I, for some reason, hated pork with bones. Oh, lots of kids didn't like things with bones. Well, even when I knew you, which was in high school. Yeah. I mean, you got got past it. I didn't didn't always like things with bones either. Because it's just, you gotta eat around, like, I went through a phase where I didn't like ribs, and I didn't like, 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 fried chicken on the bone, like, anything where I had to, like, be careful what part I ate. Yeah, I just wanted to, you just wanted to be able to just pick it up, stuff it right in your face, and not have to think. I just wanted everything to be a nugget. Wanted all nuggets and tenders <laughs> and boneless pork chops. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like lots. Of, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. It's a lot of adults, Again, too. I was like that through early high school. But, like, there's a lot of adults. I'm, still a lot of adults. I'm still finding yeah. more adults that are like, I don't like, I don't like chicken with bo- I've on TV. I just We just saw somebody entered in a cooking contest that was like, I don't eat chicken on the bone. I don't really know how to cook it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, 
<laughs> You're in a cooking show. You, you don't co- cook chicken on was, the bone? Wait, was that... Oh, was that Food Network star? I think so, yeah. Oh, my God. It How wasn't you, even, like, worse chefs. You're going to be the next Food Network star, and you won't eat an entire... The most... One of the most universal <laughs> forms of chicken right. on the bone. Right, like, you realize that chicken is mostly, like, d- dark meat and stuff. Like, th- most of the chicken is not... So, no, most to be of, fair, most breasts chicken. are very big on the chicken, like, as a part of a chicken. But, like, there's only two of them on every chicken. Yeah. And then all the other meat has bones and is mostly dark meat except for the wings, which I believe are considered white meat. Yes, but they cook like dark meat. Kind you, of. you can overcook them easily. You can, but... Which is kind of why I think they're white meat. They are. Um... But yeah, and I mean, it's like, so you're not going to eat most of the animal? Like, if everyone you're only gonna eat- felt like you about chicken on the bone, like, or beet or pork on the bone, there would be a lot be of waste. Mechanically separated chicken there, for the rest of it. There would be a lot of waste. Turned into a delicious nugget. Can we talk about the fact that we never appreciated old McDonald's nuggets? Because I mean, I old, used to like them, okay. Old McDonald's nuggets used to be made with dark meat. And then the health trend Wait, of, I thought they were made with pink goo. No, well, they were made with mechanically separated chicken that came from the thighs, the dark meat. But why were they pink? That's, this is Jamie Oliver thing. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not. It probably, because it's pink because it's just mechanically separated and whipped. And oh. something that they use to help separate it gave it a pink tinge oh it's like okay that okay so that's gross and reminds me of when you see like shrimp paste not like asian shrimp paste like that's fermented and kind of things like that that's fine but i like when you see like literally shrimp that have been like put through a food processor, put through a food processor and made into paste and it's like this pink disgusting paste and it's it, like, why would it? Why would anyone do this? I don't understand. And then you eat it, and it's delicious. Um, I don't know. I'd give it a try. I, I would give it a try in the right application. Well, we saw that. Um, yeah. That one thing. The got, golden know. balls. <laughs> they were called like golden balls or something. But yeah, it was a guy that made, that made shrimp paste and made it into like this delicious fried ball. Which, of course, that's going to be good. Yeah, but I know what you... Like, what shrimp paste out of a tube, it's like anchovy paste. It's like, this is the worst way. It's like... So I'm thinking of... I just saw it on Food Network Star, where they were talking about, like, old, weird 50s, 60s recipes out of cookbooks. Like, a lot of aspic stuff. And this one was... It was like a log made out of, like, ground-up shrimp pudding it was just <laughs> sounds delicious this is horrifying but i mean if you have a chance to go to a thrift store and like get one of those books like microwave cooking or like we had that book you made me throw it away because we weren't gonna use it no we weren't but they're just kind of fun to see what americans were doing with food we don't talk about what americans were doing with food it's because wow it's wow they were destroying it because for the sake of convenience all flavor and style had to go out the window it's like 
from, I'm going to say from like the early 50s to the 80s, mid 80s, was like the American home culinary dark ages, where everything (laughs) just kind of reverted backwards in quality. Kind of. Well, yeah, because it was like for convenience. Everything's got to be Microwave meals. Microwave meals, TV dinners, boxed meals. Stuff Um, like that. And it's not even, you can't even be an asshole and be like, oh, it's because women joined the workforce. No. They were fucking doing that shit. No, they were. Because. TV dinners came out. Way before. When women were still largely in the home. So Which I don't get. It's like, but people loved it, but it's like, but what? Because it was a way to have a, a variety of things, and your husband, because he just fucking chain-smoked cigarettes all day, couldn't taste anything, so well. all the salt that was in the TV dinners was great. And he could have turkey dinner every night. I guess. I don't know, man. I couldn't tell you what was going through the, the logic of the time. It was new. It was exciting. It was a new astronaut food. Which I found out um, TV dinners were originally advertised as um, the original TV dinner was actually made for the Navy. And... Mm. uh, and they made special ovens to cook them for on the Navy ships. Mm. And then after the war, then they sold the same thing to airlines. And then mm. nobody can confirm it, but Swanson, who came out with the TV dinner, it was they just looked at the thing on the airline, fucking copied it, called it a TV dinner, and then put it in supermarkets. Yeah, well, and then if you have people that are... Coming from the military, a bunch of men, a bunch of GIs that are used to that food. They're just going to ask. That's how a lot of of canned and right, boxed spam foods. and things. Spam, Chef Boyardee. Shit on shingle. <laughs> <laughs> Chip beef on toast, thank you very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the smoking doesn't help too, because it's like you can't taste anything unless it's covered in way too much salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, it's it that was it was just all really bad food which gave way to pan fried pork chops fried to death that were seasoned with nothing. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, they're gross, but pork give pork chops another chance. Give pork another chance in general, right? Pork chops, delicious. There's also pork tenderloin, which is awesome. Oh, you could do a lot of things with it. That's the other thing that you that um so uh, Pork was not as popular. Uncured pork, like pork tenderloins, pork chops, blah, blah, blah. Things that aren't bacon or sausage, right? Yeah. They weren't as popular back in the day because of the conditions that pigs were raised in. Mm. The there, <clears throat> I forget the name of it, but it's the pig equivalent oh, tri- of salmonella. Trichinosis. Trichinosis was super common <laughs> in pork products. So you had to had cook, to cook them it. to death. If there was any pink in the pork, they said it wasn't done. Like chicken, yeah. I used to so be like you had chicken. to cook it dry. So, so that's it's like why nobody wants to eat that. <laughs> that's why thin cut pork chops got real popular because easier to cook all the way through. Easier to cook all the way through. I mean, you still want to cook your pork chops to like one forty, but like that's yeah. But they used to say to cook it till one fifty five. 
Which is way Which overcooked. Which is way overdone. I mean, if there's not, it's like a little, it's like... You need like a little rose. Yeah, just like a little bit like, of pink. Like a little pink pinch on your cheeks. Little cold, pinky, wintry cheeks. Yeah, you, want, you really want a little bit of pink on your pork. Just like a little hard smack on the ass. That kind of pink yeah. in your pork. Yep. Okay, I'm done with uh, cheeks and pork and roses. Uh, so that's... That's true. That's, that's another. That's, that's other another reason why thing. people, our parents, always think, "Oh, pork! It's going to be so dry and gross." Because yeah. that's what they grew up with. But it doesn't have to be. Your pork doesn't have to be dry and gross. Um, you can. I mean, two two things with pork. You want to cook it to about one forty. You want to take it out before it's at one forty. You want it to like serve at 140 and then let it rest because it will come up about 10 degrees oh yeah so you want to pull it from the heat at like 130 ish and let it come up yep so you want to let it rest keep the moisture in before you cut it comes up in temperature because it still cooks from the inside and um and that's how you that's one way that you keep it moist and the other way you keep it moist is you dry brine it especially if you're in a thin but like, somehow you want some kind of, like, salt content on the pork overnight so that it it um, it retains the moisture inside when you cook it. And you can do that with most meats and it'll work. But for pork, I find that it really helps keep it, like, it's it makes it kind of, like, almost difficult to dry it out. Um, and then obviously if you have a thick piece of pork, that's like an inch and a half thick like these, or you're going to have an easier time not overcooking it. Yeah. The brine is surprisingly really makes everything really forgiving. So if you have the time. Like if all you have the time for is to just take your pork chop and salt it all over and put it in the fridge, like that's good. Just do that. Just do that the day before you're going to eat it. What chef was it that was saying though that, um... Like so, like people will forget to do the overnight thing, and they'll try. They'll be like, "Oh well, you know, I'll salt it while I'm prepping all my stuff." Yeah, that which was, takes like a half hour, hour for some. It's like America Food Test Kitchen or something, something. like that. And they were saying um, either salt it the night before, like or salt it for like multiple hours. <laughs> right, you can't just or salt it. Salt it right before it goes in the pan. Yes, because the salt causes the water. It's weird because it, 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 it leaches the water out of the surface of the pork. Well, or I thought it was it puts the water from the moisture from inside and pushes it out. And then if you give it enough time, then it reabsorbs it again. That's the overnight thing. But if you give yeah. it like an hour, yeah. it just takes all the moisture to the surface. So Which then is you're just, just gonna, steaming. Yeah. So that's yeah. going to make it wet and it's going to be hard to sear it because you want like a dry outside. Yes. So if you leave it in the fridge with salt overnight, overnight. yes, the, the liquid comes to the surface and then le- like leaches back in. And like by the time you take it out, you won't be able to see any salt crystals anymore. Yeah. It's really interesting. Because they're just gone. I mean, you, you know, make sure you don't like then salt your pork with more salt. <laughs> but... It's so salty. Yeah, you don't make sure you don't oversalt, but um, it's just like one of the easiest things you can do to make your pork really good every time. Works for beef too. Works for beef. It works really well for like whole bird. Like if you're gonna oh, roast like a whole chicken. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're gonna like roast a chicken or a turkey, salt brines work really well. Um, you just have to make sure that you get the salt um, like between the skin and the the meat where you can. And that makes got to finger fuck that skin. Yes, that also makes the skin like kind of puff out from the uh, meat and get like super crispy. Super crispy. So yeah, <laughs> you want to do that. You want to dry brine. It's like. I feel like when since we learned that technique, our meat's just been way better. It's a little bit extra work, but it it takes an okay piece of meat, and makes it great, and it takes a good piece of meat, and makes it better. Yeah. So now that I feel we've <laughs> successfully fucked around, uh, All right. did you want to talk about the recipe, or do you want to talk about some? You want? Do you want to talk about the fish we're working with, or do you want to save that for its own recipe? Mm, we can talk about that later. <laughs> uh, this, so you done fucking around then? This doesn't have any fish in it. There's uh, no fish in this? this? No anchovy paste? No shrimp paste? No fish sauce? No, there's. this is very like... Midwestern? Yeah. Fancy Midwestern? Yeah, I would say actually it is pretty... Somebody looked at southern, even actually because somebody of the looked at the pantry but, of a general uh, house. Yeah, and uh, when I can work with that. Yeah, this is this actually is a lot like a chopped basket, like the show Chopped, or like oh, that's, that's somebody good. having to work with somebody else's pantry or something. Like it makes good use of a lot of like basic stuff. So um, yeah, so this recipe is. By Kim Peterson, and she is a person on the internet that posted this somewhere that I found on Pinterest. So she's not a she's not a <laughs> established chef that we know of from the internet. No, she might. I mean, she might be a cook or a chef, but she just is a blogger from she's what not, I know about her. She's not a media famous chef. Yeah, she's not a name that you would probably know. It's, you know, it's not like saying it's not your Gordon Ramsays. It's not your your. Anthony Bourdain. Yes, she's, for all intents and purposes, she's a rando. She's just Kim. But anyway, she <laughs> she wrote this recipe, and it is uh, pork chops, which are crusted with blended up pretzels and spices, and then topped with this little spice, a little bit of a spicy honey mustard sauce. Mm, that fucking honey mustard sauce. Sorry. And then you serve the whole thing over Monterey Jack polenta. So, like I said, a little bit southern, maybe, because of the polenta. Mm, Southerners do grits. Mm, Polenta is... It's basically grits. Basically grits, yeah. And I know if anybody from the South is listening, they'll they'll bad mouth you in the comments. Alright, it's a very similar thing. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about this. We're going to go through our first impressions of the recipe. Shopping for the food, cooking it. Uh, how it tastes, and then we're gonna rate it based on we rate the recipe based on ease of use, taste satisfaction, cost effectiveness, what the fuck factor, and leftover ability. Love it. So first impressions of this recipe. I mean, I found this on Pinterest, and I was like, crushed up pretzels on a pork chop. Holy shit! <laughs> that sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> right. I always love a good. It reminded me of like doing. Like fried chicken with cornflakes. Yeah, like, that, like something like that. Breading option. It's nice. I've seen chicken fried steak made with saltine crackers. I don't know about that. I came from Joshua, <clears throat> Mr. Weissman. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, 
good. Either way, I liked. The, I really liked the idea for the breading for the. Yeah, it's a nice alternative breading. Um, so the only, well, I'll say that. I'll save that for the the cooking. I was going to give my opinion on one of the steps, but on its surface, pretzels. Yeah. Delicious. Pretzels and mustard. How can you go wrong with that? And pork. You can't. It's like schnitzel, but then pretzels and mustard. So, like, what goes better with schnitzel than pretzels and mustard? Do you know what I also really liked about using the pretzels as the breading? Is you can just eat the leftovers while you're waiting for dinner. Yep. It's true. I, mean, just, I don't know where my brain's at today. I'm like not holding any conversations. Mm. I'm just kind of saying things, and you're you're like doing a thing, and I'm just like <laughs> fun facts, but they're not fun, That's or they facts. I'm sorry. You're fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> um, I was yeah. So this looked really interesting, and I really wanted to try it. I thought this. I thought the pitfalls might be burning the crust. Because I was worried that the big chunks of pretzels might just be kind of difficult. Might either not stick or might burn or both. Um, So I was worried about, like, executing this correctly. Um, But the technique is you're mostly baking it. There is a sear, but you're mostly just baking it, which makes it seem pretty doable. Yeah. <laughs> Piggybacking off of our conversation uh, last week, last podcast about how I don't read recipes all the way through, this marinates overnight, so you you have to prep it the day before. Yeah, <laughs> what was it marinating in? Mustard. Just there's a lot of stuff. It to was uh, yeah, it's actually a pretty involved marinade. It's mustard, Greek yogurt, um, like a. Uh, Paprika, smoked paprika. Why don't you pull up the recipe? A little bit of cayenne. <laughs> um, Isn't it at the bottom of the script? <clears throat> yeah. I'm better than I think. Control. Or that. I was just trying to open it in a different tab. So the marinade, it's, it's involved, but one thing I really liked about it is it doesn't involve a lot of chopping which some marinades it's like chop garlic chop onions chop peppers oh, and yeah. you're like fuck dude like this uses a lot of of, of um, just like grab and dump spice and... dry spices seasoning okay so so mustard. yeah you've got mustard yogurt honey rosemary which you do have to chop uh cayenne and i know that it's smoked paprika oh that goes in the breading the smoked paprika. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't go in the marinade. The marinade's just the mustard, yogurt, honey, rosemary, and cayenne. So, I mean, it's an involved marinade because it has so many different things, but... But you just put the pork in a bag with that stuff and mix it around and put it in the fridge. And the only thing you have to actually chop is the rosemary. So, I mean, that's really easy. Yeah, it's pretty... It, it wasn't super hard to do. No, it wasn't. But you do really want to do it. You do. What's the... See, I have never understood. The directions say 30 minutes marinade. There, well, it says 30 minutes to a day. day. So and it's like, like, well, that's a really different amount of time. What's a 30-minute marinade really going to do for something? Because they want thick pork. Yeah, it kind of depends on what it is. Some things... 
like a fish or a thin chicken. Will benefit from a short marinade, depending on the meat and, like, the flavors that you're trying to get. But I feel like recipes do this a lot where they just say, well, 30 minutes to a day because if you're reading this today and you want to make it tonight, I don't want you to get... I don't want you to not I don't want do you to it. navigate away. Yeah. Then it's like, just don't do it today. Just do it a different day. Just do it tomorrow. Or it, plan it for next week. Right? <laughs> like, I've never... Yeah, for something like this, I've never I think understood it's a 30-minute marinade. I think it's because people writing recipes want them to seem accessible. And to a lot of people, having to prep the night the day before is, like, too much. If you do... If you put 30 minutes... In the recipe, you can technically shorten the listed cook time. Yeah, yeah right. So yeah. it seems more accessible. Okay. Well, I'll a lot of recipes you. don't even include the marination time. Some of them are smart and do, but a lot of them don't. And they, they just say, like, cook time 40 minutes. And it's like, oh, yeah, but you have to marinate it for 24 hours. And you're like, okay. Okay, that's very different. <laughs> oh, that's like the crackers thing that we want. We were watching five, like, impromptu snacks. Like, oh, my friends are coming over later, and I forgot to get appetizers, so what are you going to do? They're coming over in a couple hours. Well, you can make crackers with zatar and oil seasoning. It'll Uh, only take 15 minutes. It takes 15 minutes, except that you have to have already done all that stuff. The night before. The night before, yeah. I'm like, okay, so it's not 15 minutes. It's (laughs) It's not an impromptu thing. Yeah. Jesus. So I'm like, that's bullshit. This is, this is not a 40-minute cook. I need to start <laughs> this the day before. Yeah. That's part of the recipe, you dickhole. Oh, if, I mean, yeah, if, don't, like, don't be intimidated by long marination times. It's really important, and you should make things that marinate for a long time. Because it's, you know, it's 20 minutes to build a marinade. And, and just put it in your fridge. And that it's all passive after that. Yeah. And it really amps the flavor. We've done... We've done the same recipe twice where we marinated it properly and didn't. And it, oh, I yeah. can't think of one specifically. I want to feel say it's like a beef. I'm sure we've done it countless times. I want to say like the Thai dip beef tri-tip, which I don't think we've ever talked about. But No, we've only made it like twice. We've made it twice, but we marinated it overnight one time. Mm. And it was much, much better. We also knew how to cook better. Well, that's true. So that probably helps. It's going to be... It's going to be way better if you give it longer. Having said that, don't put fish in, like, lemon juice for hours. Uh, well, don't do that. Yeah. But <laughs> That's a whole different technique. This is pork. Yes, and there's, and there's nothing, no citrus. There's no citrus in this Technically, marinade. Greek yogurt has uh, the enzymes that will break down. That's true. Yogurt does. This didn't... Because it'll, yeah, because if it's gonna, if it breaks down things, like it, it'll tenderize the meat too. If it's like a big enough piece of meat, like a steak or a big piece of pork, so you kind of want that denaturing—that's what it's called. Yeah. If it if it's over tenderized, it'll denature the meat, and it it takes its nice texture away. It makes it all gooey. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, so don't, don't leave it for like ever, but <laughs> but overnight it was perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really good. I I was like, that's weird that they're using Greek yogurt in this. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I would have thought regular yogurt. Exactly. Use the Greek yogurt. It goes really well. Works really well with the mustard. It does. It's, it's the nice tanginess goes yeah. with the other tanginess. <laughs> Figure out which tangy thing I'm talking about. 
Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a marinade. It's, I don't know what 30 minutes is going to do to this. I would. I mean, even if you, you know, even if you prepped it at lunch. You could do this for, I mean, for this one you could do it for 30 minutes and it would, you'd still taste it because you're not like, but it would. You're not taking the marinade off. You're just taking the big chunks off before you sear it, but it's still on there. So. Well, no, we took the marinade off because we had to, you had to roll it in the. We didn't. No, we didn't take it off. We just, I just like wiped off the, the well, the big logs, the big chunks, but yeah. it was still covered in marinade. Okay, and marinade. that's how you get the breading to stick. All right, all right. Um, so you could do it. You would still kind of taste, but your meat is not going to benefit from having sat in it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you really want to, you really want to marinate it. I but, wonder if that's what helps with the the fat cap on our pork. I mean, I know we rendered it in the pan, but I wonder if the the denate like because it was tenderizing it and kind of breaking it down, making it not as um, shitty. Mm. That might have helped. <clears throat> Plus the searing. The and searing. The, and... <laughs> the searing definitely helps. Um. Anyway, so yeah, prep this night before. Um. This is. I've been wanting to try in- incorporating polenta as a side into things that we because it's. It's not really healthy, but it kind of feels more healthy than, like, pasta or something. I don't know. It's just <laughs> corn. You just added corn and fat together. It's not It's not really healthy, but it's filling. It is really filling. So you can get away with you eating don't have less. To, you don't have to eat a ton of it. You can get away with eating less of it than rice or pasta. It's also, you're just really burned out on rice and pasta. Yeah, Right, yeah, you're looking for, and for certain things, like, polenta is, it's like mashed potatoes where it, like, absorbs a lot of flavor from the thing you're eating. Like, if you have a saucy gravy or something like that, mm-hmm. the polenta just absorbs it and makes it, like, creamy, which is a good effect. And I don't want to make mashed potatoes because it's too much work. <laughs> it's too much work and absolutely no part of it is has any... Even iota of pretending to be healthy, <laughs> you can you can tell yourself that you're eating corn and corn's a vegetable, but uh, yeah, I guess yeah, <laughs> but sort of. I mean, you tell yourself a potato's a vegetable, but they're both very starchy. Corn isn't starchy; it's sugary. sugary. I'm sorry, it's sugary. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, either way, I wanted to try another polenta dish, and this had it. We've only made polenta a few times, and I think we've only made it successfully now, like two or three times. Yeah, we messed it up a couple times, but this re- this specific recipe uses milk and the polenta instead of just like water and, and broth butter. and butter. This is well, this was water, milk, and butter. The other ones in the past, I think, have been water and just butter. Yeah, which they come out good, but this came out. Oh, and Parmesan cheese, I a think. A lot better. I think the pepper, not pepper, Monterey Jack. I think <clears throat> that because it's a milkier cheese, helped yeah. the texture. Yeah, the creamier cheese helped. The texture just turned out good, and I feel like it was partially because of the milk. Um, so I wanted to try that because I've seen people do that, but I've never done that. Um. Yeah, so we were pretty excited to try this one because it just sounded really good. <laughs> yeah, on its surface, it seems really simple. Um, it's you know, it's it's 
passive marinating the night before. The hardest part is just the sear. And then it mostly bakes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's deceptively simple. And we'll we'll talk about that for cooking. But um, mm. on its surface, <laughs> we thought it was going to be pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a little bit more challenging than I initially thought it would be. But, um... Yeah. Shopping for it. Shopping for it. shopping for it was easy. Very easy. The only problem, at least in our area, that we have every time, finding the pork. It's really hard to get thick bone-in pork chops for some reason. We, once again, we refer back to all of these assholes that are like, oh, just go to your butcher and ask them to cut the yeah, fucking, like, no, they pre-cut all their pre-cut shit, it, and, and they're you, like, this is what we have, Pick, take it or leave it. Yeah. We're a grocery store, not a butcher. And then and then the butchers are just so expensive. It's probably the biggest yeah. downside to not living in a city you don't have. But I'm like, what cities have just, like, blocks of butchers? I don't know. And they're all really expensive, so. They are. And because they can be, because they got good shit. They, they do. And it's like, sometimes it's worth it, but it's... It's so it's just it's hard hurts. to justify sometimes. It hurts. <laughs> so that was probably the hardest part of shopping. Yeah, but we we just this time we went so you can get thick thick ish bone in pork chops at our grocery stores. You get it at Winco, but they are like one inch thick max for the bone ends. Yeah, yeah, they really don't. So when they want the super thicks, they they I think this recipe said it. They want a double bone. They want because the pork chops that you know they they cut them between the bones and that's what you get. Mm. And for the thick ones, they want you to have two bones on the thing, and that's not how anybody cuts them for the grocery stores, right? Because they want to maximize, right? So you know you can get like a okay one that'll work for some stuff and we did make like i was saying we made one like that that worked pretty well for what we were trying to do with it it was just like a heavily seasoned pan fry sort of thing Mm -hmm. and it worked fine um but for this one we really wanted it to be super thick so because of the oven cooking because you have to cook it in the oven yes so we went with a boneless and it worked just fine so that's the good news, because <laughs> for some reason it's really easy to get really thick boneless pork chops. I think it's because isn't it just coming from the center cut loin at that point, and so they you know whoever's whoever's cutting meat that yeah. day might decide to cut a little thicker for some of the packs. Yeah, and it's like it, <laughs> that at that point you could say like oh but it's a different I think it's a totally different cut of meat and uh, yes but uh, it's. Yeah, it's, it's what I can get. Shut it's the like up. they take a loin and cut it into chops, which are well, chops. Well, so there's there's the pork loin, which is the end part, and then there's the so a whole pork loin is like three sections. Yeah, and when you when you say a pork um, loin, it's usually the end part where the fat's not really there, and then there's the center cut where it's got that nice fat cap, which is what we had. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a center cut pork loin piece. Chop. Which is not the same as a pork chop. <laughs> no, but they label them as pork chops. 
And so, because pork, ch- because chop doesn't mean shit. If you ever try to buy a lamb chop, you'll understand that chop doesn't mean anything. It's just fucking whatever we want it to be. It's just a title we give things, and people have gr- come to understand and accept it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, you could technically okay. get a chicken chop, but they just don't sell it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So either way, it's we did it with boneless. It if works that's great. all you can find, don't stress about it. It works. Find find the thickest one you can afford. Yeah, find thick ones. That's that's the big takeaway. The the thicker the better. Thick boys. Thicky thick. Yep. I'm gonna stop saying thick now. This is um another really che- another really pretty cheap thing well, to, to do make. Do we only <laughs> make cheap things or do we only talk about cheap things on this show? Mm. We mostly make cheap things because we uh, don't like to spend a lot of money. We do, but <laughs> I some of it I swear is like a built-in fear of getting a really nice something and then fucking it up and then you go, "God damn it, I just took this really nice piece of meat and ruined it because I'm an idiot." Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a product of us not wanting to go to eight stores and wanting to, like, pick recipes that are within our wheelhouse enough to be, like, reasonable. Like, maybe it's a little bit of a challenge, but it's not so much of a challenge that we're setting ourselves up to fail. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, like, want to spend a bunch of money on something and fuck it up. Yeah. So... I don't know, maybe as we keep developing and honing and sharpening, we're we're pretty... I'd still say we're, our wheelhouse is just has a lot of smattering of attempts in multiple culinary directions. So, like, as we, like, hone our skills in some things, maybe we'll be willing to buy a nicer cut of something and try that, you know? Yeah, I mean, maybe... Maybe. Sometimes, right. I mean, I just, you don't, especially because a lot of these are weeknight dinners. It's, you're going to the grocery store and you don't want to spend, like, your whole budget on your meat. Yeah, I'm not going to spend $25 a steak. Yeah, exactly. When, we did that once and we bought one. Yeah, I feel like if you really like steak, pork is a great alternative because it's not, it's not steak, but it's like. You can, you can emulate steak flavors it's, at really nice and it's like much less the price it's much cheaper and it's meaty like steak and kind of gives you some of that like meat like Mm -hmm. texture you're looking for but it just ends up being cheaper and like a lot of people just don't even bother with it because they think it's dry but it's because they've been cooking it wrong it doesn't have to be dry so it doesn't have to be dry yeah so this this is like a ton of cheap stuff and a lot of it you already have or you maybe you have it like for other stuff. There's nothing in this that's, that's expensive at all. The most expensive thing is all as always is the protein. Yeah, but the other weird thing that you probably don't just have laying around is Greek yogurt, but that's like $3. Yeah, it's not to be. It's like $3 and you get like a huge tub of it. A huge one, then just have fucking yogurt for breakfast the rest of the week. Or something. Or make another make another dish that uses it in its marinade. 
Whatever. It yeah, sits in the fridge it. forever. It does. It's yogurt. It's uh it's already spoiled. It doesn't go bad for <laughs> quite it doesn't a while. It doesn't go bad for quite a while. So So you can use it for multiple things and um it's not expensive to begin with. So Oh, that's the other hard thing to get if you shop at Winco. Rosemary. Well, they had it. That time, I thought. No, I had to go to a. I had to go to. <sighs> okay, well, I had to go to Albertsons for that. Winco. Winco's really inconsistent herbs. I swear, what happens? <laughs> I've seen it. I swear, I've seen it. The nice guy working at Winco, he puts out all the herbs, and then somebody that like two groups come through. Then they, I swear they're all running restaurants because they just go up to the herbs and then they just go. I'll take. All of this off of this row, and that's mine now. Okay. And I, I don't. That's the only thing I can think of. Because I've seen somebody grabbing like every fucking herb off of one of the the rows, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess nobody else gets basil now. But <laughs> like, because they keep it pretty well stocked. I mean, there's the wrong days to go, which are usually like Monday. Yeah. Because <clears throat> they they swear they stock on like Wednesday and Friday. And yeah. shit's gone. So it, yeah, it really depends where when you go. You have that, but but rosemary is generally not. Rosemary is very easy to, to find. find. That's just a weird quirk of our Winco. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, everything's cheap. Everything's cheap, but this is like something that is like actually turns out like fancy. When you when you're done making it, it's like really fancy and nice. I mean, yeah, you could really you could really spend some time plating it up and uh, charge your family like twenty dollars, thirty dollars a plate if you really wanted to. When you get done with it and eat it, you're like, I would. You could easily pay like thirty five bucks for this at any restaurant. Like it's it turns out super fancy yeah. and it's just like mustard and crushed up pretzels on a pork chop you wouldn't <laughs> you'd look at that at a, at a restaurant and you'd be like okay i mean i still feel ripped off because i always feel ripped off at like 90 percent of restaurants but, but if i saw this on a restaurant menu i would be like that sounds that's delicious that's really interesting yeah yeah it like just like i when we saw the rest i was like that sounds really good I did like that this recipe, it, it, you know, sometimes they have you get herbs and they use it in one component. And this one, they're like, it's in the marinade mm-hmm. and then it's in the polenta. Yes. So we're, we're going we're gonna to mix that through. So it does get used multiple places and it's like really important. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, yes, it is. For the flavor overall. It, it is. Mwah. Mm-hmm. It is. Chef's kiss. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. Um... When you go shopping for it, don't make the mistake we did when we were first trying to make polenta when we got cornmeal, because we already had cornmeal. <laughs> like, cornmeal's the same as polenta. No, it's not. It's not the same as polenta. Polenta has a thicker cut. Yeah. The texture is very different. Why couldn't we find polenta? Probably because it was Albertsons. Yeah, we couldn't find it. And then Winco has, like, all this. You can just, like, get... You can get it by the pound. Get it by the pound. <laughs> you can buy... It, you know, it's got one of those... It's like with the coffee beans, but just for your dried herbs. It's like being at a fancy... Um, yeah, it's like being at Sprouts. It's like being at Sprouts, but you're not paying Sprouts prices. Yeah. Which, my God, we went to a Sprouts and oh, holy yes, shit. We, we, well, no, that was Roots. Same difference. Uh, well, we have this local Sprouts that's called like Organic Roots or something. I'm sure it's not local. I don't know. I'm sure it's know. some big chain... Or not a bit. I'm sure it's chained. It's a franchise, I bet. 
Um, I, it's, it's, but, it's, it's essentially sprouts. But yeah, every time we go there, which is very rare, we're like, this is, times, this is maybe? why we don't go here. To these like expensive health food stores because the food is so stupid expensive. Be- well, what did we buy? What was the pr- prosciutto? Prosciutto. Well, prosciutto. It was like two ounces of prosciutto, and it was like five dollars for two ounces. Winco, it's like four ounces is like three dollars or four dollars. Something like it. It was double the price. It was. It was nuts. It was nuts. We went there for something specific, but we needed like some other little things while we were there and we were like god damn this is why we don't it's like a hundred dollars walking out of there and we got like three things yeah so (laughs) but yeah polenta is not cornmeal nope well sorry cornmeal is not polenta technically they're all polenta is corn yeah is a type or cut or whatever of cornmeal polenta is cornmeal but cornmeal is not polenta and i looked it up grits are made of hominy hominy Oh, well, that's different. It's a type of corn. Yeah. And then polenta is made of what's called flint corn. Okay, grits and polenta are different. And so polenta, that's why polenta standardly has more of a yellow t- color. Mm. And hom- is it hominy? Mm-hmm. Hominy is normally white. doesn't have to be. It's not like a trademark thing, but... Uh, but no, you're right. I've seen hominy and it is, it's generally white so that's that's the difference between polenta and grits now you know now you know now i know (laughs) so yeah shopping it's super easy i don't know what else to say about shopping you probably have 80 percent of it in your that's what you need in your pantry yeah pretty much um so so cooking this is the point that you were gonna make i think earlier because you didn't like that i made the pretzels too fine so, I didn't like that, but as you pointed out, that's what the recipe said. It I does. thought, so it said, you're, you're calling this pretzel-coated pork chops, or whatever the fuck you want to... And the pictures of in the recipe show, like, chunks of pretzel. But the recipe says to put it in a blender and blend it up fine. It says put it in a food processor, but it says to blend it... Like, into well, a fine powder. Okay, so either way, it says to blend it into a fine powder. You lose so much of the pretzel. So you don't get the crunch from the pretzel when you do that. You get the flavor from the pretzel. Very, I thought it got hidden really hard. Um, I got the flavor from the pretzel, and I got... Because when you sear it, you get, like, it comes out. Uh, like, it's true. like a little caramely flavor. I mean, the, you know, the flavor, st- the texture is still there of the breading. So, I mean... If all else fails, you still get that nice... It's. I mean, it's delicious even if you do this. I, so. <laughs> I would think you'd be better off, like, putting the pretzels in, like, a plastic bag and just beating the shit out of them so that, like, they, they're powdery, but there's still some chunks in there. Yeah. I think that would be better, but yeah, next to time each we'll, their own. Next time we make it, we'll try bigger pretzel chunks because it does seem like that would be better. It really does. I wonder if for the picture if they like sprinkled yeah. on some pretzels afterwards to really know. drive home the point. I honestly the the recipe said fine powder and I was afraid if there were big bits it wouldn't stick. Yeah, if they're too big they won't stick, but I mean if it's too fine it I thought it lost the coolness of it being pretzel. 
Um, yeah, it's more like eating a pretzel bun versus eating a pretzel. Yeah. Which, Which is still really good. It's still really good. <laughs> so. Um, so the other thing, it so it wants you to sear it after you've coated it, uh, and then you bake it. Um, we seared ours in a cast iron. Does the recipe have a preference? Does um, it even it matter? It says cast iron. Okay. So for for sears for cast you know for cast iron I, sears I always go super high heat. <laughs> so I don't think that's the way to go. I love. I thought the sear was great. I think you want like a medium high. I want like a seven. Like if you have like a one through ten, you know, ten being high, one being low. But I thought the sear you got was really good. I thought there were pieces that had a better sear on it when I turned the heat down because it was more even and didn't have as many burning spots. Like, get your pan hot, right? Mm -hmm. But once it goes in there... This, like I was afraid of, like, it's easy to burn It's so easy to burn. There's so much sugar. Because it's mustard and and pretzel. Yeah. Like, (laughs) if you're afraid it's going to burn, yeah, it probably will. But you do want to get a really good sear on it. Because you really would miss out if you just baked it. The the other thing we did, we put oil in the pan. It felt right. I put like a good amount of oil. Like, mm-hmm. that well, felt if you like didn't, the, it would have stuck. That's that's why. Okay. So, I don't know. I just think not doing it on the super high scorching hot. Mm-hmm. You want a nice, like, thorough, warmed, medium. And then that will give you more time to play. You're not sitting there worrying about am I burning it? Yeah, I mean it. It like gets burnt really fast. So that being said, the other saving <laughs> grace is the fact that you're gonna drown it, not drown it, but you're gonna put a delicious sauce over it. Yes, there is a sauce which will kind of hide some of your imperfections. Kind of, it does. And even if you kind of burn it, it's, it's like still tasty. it's still like really good pretzel bread. So you don't like carbonize burn it, you know, where it's like ruined. You know the difference between yeah, like a, it's just like toasted pretzel burning, <laughs> like an artful burning versus like you fucked it up burning. Yeah, um, yeah. This is like uh, this is for sure not a beginner recipe. It's a little no. It's a little technique with the not burning it and then the timing of all the components. This is definitely you would not want to make this by yourself. Yeah, if you're like a professional chef, then maybe maybe make it yourself. But the timing on it's a motherfucker. There's a lot of multitasking that and, needs to happen, and um, it's the pork, the thickness of your pork, and how done you want. Like that's the real bitch of it. That's what threw us off. We we timed things according to the the recipe's timer. But our pork was just thicker, or cooked slower, or didn't. Yeah, our pork pan, took whatever. Than we. Yeah, the recipe also wants you to like it's it's almost like instead of searing it, it wants you to cook it because it's like do it it says do a minute on each side, and I was you know that's not a sear that's uh, it's kind of a sear yeah depending on your thing, but that's still that's not gonna that's not gonna account for the issue that we were having. Yeah. Uh, where, yeah, it was just taking a while to cook. So, you know, you we were cooking the sauce. Which, oh, we haven't really talked about the sauce too much yet, but I guess that'll be in taste. Uh, and then we were cooking the polenta, and the polenta was done like 
10 minutes before the pork was ready. But it didn't matter, and you can didn't, totally do that. It didn't matter. You, you want to start the polenta before you do anything else? Because it does take, like, does. An, a half an hour. At least. I thought it was, like, closer to 40 minutes. Mm, maybe. Either way. it Polenta takes a minute. It takes a while to oh, cook. It's because you had to heat the water and the milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, so, for cooking the polenta, it was, like, mix equal parts of water and milk, mm. heat that, and then slowly pour in the polenta and stir that in. Mm-hmm. And then you, which heating water and milk still take, takes a minute. And then it's another 30, 35 minutes of Just cooking, the cooking the polenta and yeah, stirring so it. So it takes, so you, yeah, do that first before you do anything else. And as you said, and then it, just watch it and stir it. So it you can, need somebody to kind of watch it and stir it every five minutes. And then, um, and then on top of all that stuff, you've got the pork that needs to be crusted and seared and baked. And somewhere in there, you need to make the honey mustard sauce, which is hot. So you have to cook, you have to cook that. So it's not hard and it, you know, it only takes maybe 10 minutes, but you, you got to get it done before the pork's done. So you can serve them at the same time. Yeah. Um, the sauce was more forgiving than we thought. Oh, it is. It was very easy to make. Everything was pretty forgiving, which was nice for the timing-wise of it. Um, yeah, the polenta, for sure, it didn't matter that much that it was done too early. And the uh, mustard, honey mustard sauce, we just kind of kept it warm for a minute. And then heat, you, we reheated it. I was, yeah, I was going to say, we let it just go cold-ish. Like we, we kept had it to on reheat the, it. <laughs> we kept it on the stove, which the stove area was hot the whole time. Uh, and then we just, yeah, we just hit it with some heat right before serving. Um, God, I couldn't even imagine doing this by myself. Mm. Or, you know, like, I'm just thinking about, I'm stressed out thinking about the timing of all of it right now. Uh, the, we did this on a Thursday. <laughs> and we were this like, is... maybe we should have done this on like a Saturday. Right. Or, now that we've done it, we could probably do it. It's You could do it on a weekday, but it takes like an hour. I would do it like on a Friday at the most. Definitely. Takes first time. time. First time. Definitely Saturday. You were 100%. Weekend. It takes time and it is kind of stressful. Yeah. Um, to get everything done at the same time. But like I said, you get this like really fancy good dish at the end of the day that like is cheap (laughs) you know it's like it's really affordable and satisfying because you made something fancy (laughs) oh yeah you feel really and um god you feel really good about it when it's done yeah you feel really accomplished after you make after you make this because it's like this is super impressive see i want to say like you want to like make this as like a way to impress uh not a new date but like like uh like six months you want yeah. to show off yeah if you but, but you need help is fuck you yeah. need help you can't just you could definitely do this to like impress like if you had another couple like a friends yeah you could do this for four people yeah but god you need help yeah you could do it for four people and it's like they would have to have something to do while you're cooking because you can't really. You can't really, like, walk away at all. No. You're very active the whole time. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, the most I, people I would make this for would be, like, four people. Uh, you could 
You could stretch it to six. You could stretch it to six. You could make it for six. Depending, well, if you have people that don't eat a lot, like, if you, like, have people that want, like, small portions, well, and you got really thick pork. If you have thick pork chop, like, you're not going to eat more than one pork chop. No, and that's why you can do it for six. Um, yeah, and the polenta is super filling, and it makes a bunch. Mm-hmm. So we could have, we could have, if we had one more pork, because we had five pork chops in our particular pack, if we had one more pork chop with all the same stuff, we could have fed six people. Yeah, for sure. Like easily. So, so you can definitely do, I would not try to do this for a big group. No, 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 Any more than like six, and that's getting really hard to do, and you can't like entertain while you make this. No. Um, No, not at all. But it is something that would be really impressive to put down in front of your friends and be like, have you, you know, look at this shit. I, just, this shit. I just made this. Boom! Look at this shit! Yeah. <laughs> Eat it! Um, so, yeah. Talking about me... Speaking of eating it, <laughs> let's talk about the taste. Yeah, this... Taste! Uh, this reminiscent of the roasted rosemary honey chicken. Oh, roasted rosemary honey chicken? Was that episode four? No, no, <laughs> no, but reminiscent of that recipe that I, that had that like super specific taste that I crave. This is, this has that happening because I think something about rosemary and honey is just like delicious. It's just such a good combination. It's like, it's, uh, it's like hypers. It's like the sweet makes it more savory. Yeah. And, um, the balance is just really good. It was wonderful. The definitely the rosemary, and you don't get a lot of the the for the polenta. You don't get a lot of the cheese flavor in it. Yeah, you're, not, you're think, not really supposed to get the cheese because it's but, Monterey Jack. It's but not. But when you get it, like, is that what helped the texture? It's is just that, creamy. It was lovely. It's just that it's creamy. So like Monterey Jack, if you're using Monterey Jack in something, usually it's like a quesadilla or it's just some, a good melting cheese. It's a melting cheese that doesn't have a lot of flavor. And that's the point of it. Yes. It's supposed to be creamy without a lot of like, doesn't, it doesn't really taste like. A lot. So you can let the other flavors sing. Yeah. It was wonderful. I loved it. Yeah. So the Monterey Jack was perfect in this because it just makes it. Uh, the polenta is just actually, it's just really light and fluffy. It's like scrambled eggs with milk in them. Yeah. And that, but that rosemary, it, it comes through because it's, it's on the pork. Yeah. And it's in the polenta. Really nice. And you in think the it's going to be too much, but. You th- yeah, you think there's so many flavors going on in this dish. You think that everything is going to be too much. Like, rosemary like is usually very overpowering. Yeah, and you also cover the whole pork in the whole chop in mustard, and then you, like, <laughs> and then cook it, and then put a mustard sauce on it. And you're like, this is going to be the mustardiest mustard to ever mustard. Um, and it's not. It's. It's. Uh, like, just the thing you can say for it is everything is really well balanced and everything... It really was. Everything in the recipe has a reason to be in the recipe. Agreed. Like, there were some things that I thought might be, like, extra. I really thought the rosemary in the polenta was going to be extra. Yeah, I thought the rosemary might be, like, kind of a throwaway thing or it might be, like too much rosemary because usually rosemary is the flavor uh, yeah usually one it's one of the main flavors and then this and has it, like it green really... onions as a garnish too and i was like that seems like 
unnecessary. You don't need that, but it's like really good though. Like a fresh, greeny pop. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. The onion taste with the with the crunch on top of everything. It's just it works really well. So it's it's one of those recipes that doesn't have. Like I'm always complaining about recipes that have chives and green onions, and I'm like, yeah. pick a pick a lane. You don't need both. Just pick one. You yeah. know, there's just stuff that you're like, this doesn't need to be here. What um, what was in that sauce? Can we look at the recipe again? Because I didn't get you know, honey you were making sauce? it. Yeah, the honey mustard sauce. It's not honey mustard though. That's uh, it's uh, it's a butter sauce. So it's butter, a, okay. It's a hot butter sauce that involves honey. Dijon mustard, apple cider vinegar, smoked paprika, cumin, cayenne, and salt. So it just ends up being oh, it's delicious. This very, um, it's like like a. <laughs> it's not heavy. It's butter, but it's not heavy because it's it would got, make a great dipping sauce for other things too, like maybe. Like it's a, liquid though. It's not like well, yeah, but like um. Well, like pot stickers, I think I think you could put this with some Asian things. Pot stickers or um, egg rolls, I think would go well. Uh, yeah, you probably could because it's like it's, it's like um, not my boy, but what you know that shitty orange sauce that you get from Panda Express. Oh, sweet and sour. Yeah, it's like what sweet and sour. What you want sweet and sour to be? Yeah, sweet and sour is gross. This is but not, it's also not, not that. that. Like, it's not that. <laughs> But I could see, like, dipping something Asian-y like that, you know, in there. I could see, like, dipping a piece of fucking bread in that. I mean, I would just dip chicken nuggets in it. It was delicious. <laughs> yeah, um, but it ends up... It's this, like, thin little, just, like, glaze that you put over the top of everything. And you're like, do we not already have enough, like, stuff in this? And you don't. <laughs> Put you the can, honey mustard on Oh, it. man. We went so light in the beginning because <laughs> we didn't want to overpower. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be so much. And we ended up getting more and, like, drowning it. Because it, it was... and it, But it didn't overpower. Like, you wanted the sauce there. Yeah. But it still, like, everything else still came through. Yep. That was the good part. That was... Usually <laughs> I put sauce on things to hide the fact that... that something fish. was terrible or okay or... Fish. Fish. I don't like fish. <laughs> That's not true. Well, no. Yeah. The last fish thing we did, I was just like sauce, sop it up, num num num. But yeah, we're gonna talk about that one at some point because it it was just a really good idea and a great recipe. <laughs> but it's a delicious sauce, and it I, I don't know what's what's this person's name. It's not Jackie. Mm, uh, Kim? Kim. Kimberly. Kim. Kim. <clears throat> I'm, I'm Kim. Kim. Um. Kim knows what she's doing, apparently. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if she's a chef, but she's a really well, I want to say a pretty well-crafted home cook at the minimum. Possible I, chef. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, this we're going to look at her about page. She's a recipe developer. Oh, well, she developed the shit out of this recipe. Uh, I appreciate what she did, and I would make something from her again if something jumped out that was good. So, yeah, yeah, I'd, um, I would definitely make some other stuff that she has wrote a recipe for. It's, it's a, it's a great recipe. <laughs> That's going to take us into rating, but. Oh, is it? Is there nothing else we want to talk about? 
No, um, I think you think we've sung its praises pretty well. Um, yeah, it's mostly just like use like do all the ingredients that it says because they you really want all of them. Yeah. They really all have a unique thing to contribute. And don't be scared that it's going to be overpowering because it's not. It ends up being really surprisingly balanced for all the, like, flavor that's in it. They're all bold flavors, too. Yeah, and, I mean, it helps that the pork is, like, a big, thick piece of pork, right? So the inside of the pork, it's going to have some flavor from the marinade, but the middle of that pork isn't going to taste like anything but pork. So the sauce, the polenta, the whatever you want to pair with it. And the polenta also kind of mutes flavors. Tends but in to... a, but in, its, in a good way? I yeah. feel like saying yeah. muting the flavors is a negative thing, but uh, it's not. It mutes the flavor. It like soaks up the flavor of sauces and like gravies and things. Like when you plate stuff with polenta right like you always see it with plated with the meat on top of the polenta and like you have to do it like that because if you just try to eat the polenta on the side you're not getting the meat drippings and um you're not getting the polenta in every bite necessarily and you just you kind of want it's like mashed potatoes you just put a big sloppy piece of meat on top of the mashed potatoes and put gravy on everything and it soaks it all up (laughs) For sure. So, it's good. It is good. Um, okay, you can go on to your rating system now. We're going to rate this bad boy. We are going to rate this, this bad thick boy. boy. Thick boy. Ease of use. Um, <laughs> Ooh, this is... Um, this recipe is pretty good. I mean, the only thing that I, that we didn't love was that it tells you to to, like, make the pretzels into a powder instead of just crushing them i'm like double checking this because maybe you're wrong no i feel like i'm an idiot no let's see here in a food processor until a fine oh fine that crumb mixture. mixture that is something that we we used a nutribullet because our food processor is too big okay for the amount of stuff we were doing that is something that a food processor can do that a blender can't yeah, and I I erred on the side of finer to be because safe. I didn't want it to not stick. Okay. So, that's kind of on me. Yes, but I don't know. I would have done the same thing reading that. I so I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to be like, "Oh, I actually didn't read the recipe." Like, no, that's what I would have done. Yeah, um, and then hers, the other thing we didn't really do is it, she's like cooking them. She's cooking the, the pork skillet. chops. Yeah. Oh, cook three to four minutes per side. Yeah. And See, then. Medium cooking. high heat. Yeah, okay. It's not a sear. It's a cook. It's a cook. Okay. So there's two things we did differently that we interpreted, and maybe there was a reason mm-hmm. why. I think, yeah, her directions are like actually better than what I did so, I mean, give it to her. Like, we probably should have just listened to her. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. We Usually we have a good head for these kinds of things. Usually. <laughs> Turns yeah. out we should have listened. Um, the only thing you need to be aware with this recipe is that you need to do all these things simultaneously. 
Yeah. And it's not super clear from... Well, not the honey mustard sauce. It says you can make it five days in advance. That's true. You could, but you're probably not going to do that. You're probably going to make it at the same time like we did. Yeah. So you just... it's uh, The way the instructions are laid out, it's like how to make the pork chops, how to make the mustard sauce, how to make the polenta, and they're all separate. But you need to be doing all of them at once if you want to have a complete meal at the end. I have mixed feelings about these layouts. I really like the ones that are like... While you're doing that, start the polenta. Like, I really like those ones, but I also like this layout because they sometimes, they jump around too much, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where they're like, start the polenta. While that's doing that, come over here. Now, back at the polenta, and they don't always make it very clear. This is very clear. It's like, these are the polenta steps. Yeah. This is the pork chop steps. Yeah, it's like, at that point, it's not, it's kind of subjective what you like better. I like both. It's just you got to be aware of this with her I, recipe, which that the the fact that you have to be doing multiple multiple things, things at once makes this a four in terms of ease of use for me. When it could have been a five, because it is really well written. So, is ease of use how easy it is to read the recipe, or how easy it is to make the recipe? It's how easy it is to read it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not saying how easy is it to make this recipe in general. Is that a different category? No. Can we consider both? Um, I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm saying it's... it's I'm going to say it's a three. The recipe is really easy to follow, but it is not an easy one to make. No, it's not easy to make, but I'm giving it a four because I'm more considering the recipe. I'm still going to say a three three but it's not a negative three that's that's why i have mixed feelings on this like recipe super easy to read right that was Mm -hmm. me sorry uh but execution much harder than you think it's gonna be um yeah it's just it it looks like it might be a challenge and it is so just know that (laughs) yeah going into it so it's a positive three for me it's not like, mm, this fucking sucks. Three. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to stay at four. Because I think she did a good job. Um, I think I'm bad at reading and she did a better job than me at reading. <laughs> well, again, <laughs> I would definitely not say that this is one of those you should have read the recipes faults, you know? Where, like, I've done it too. I'm not saying you specifically. Like, uh, with the... With the chicken, the oh, you do the this, lemongrass chicken. You do this all the, all time the time with every recipe. Like there's so there's a bunch of stuff where he'll make it because it's like easy enough to make it with one person, um, and he'll make it by himself or he has in the past because I won't be because like I wasn't you were working home, and I wasn't or I was yeah like I, I was at work or I was. Something or other. <laughs> it was... Or I was at the gym or something. It was ideal for me to start making it without you. So there's a bunch of recipes that he's made without me, which was great for me because I got to come home to food and stuff. But but when I've kind of come back to the recipe later and we've made it together, I've looked at the recipe and been like, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> like, what you've... 
it says you're supposed to do this th- this way, and he's like, I've never seen that instruction before in my life. The, and I'm like, the okay. important one we learned was it says you're supposed to toast the spices in oil before you put the meat in, and I would cook the meat and then dump the spices on, and then it was like, oh, now it's gritty and shitty. Yeah, so oh, that's very different <laughs> instructions. So it's one like that's I'm equating it to that. Like I would have done what you did. Just off of the re- a quick read. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I still say three. It's a positive three. Just because I'm taking into account how much work the recipe is, the dish is to make. Okay. Yeah. But it's a very easy recipe to read. Yep. Taste, taste satisfaction. Five. Five. Do we even need to explain anymore? <laughs> if you want more explanation on the fa- reason for the five, rewind and start over. <laughs> um, rewind and come back. It's a, uh, it's great. It tastes just like what you would want it to taste like, and it's you should make it. You should. Um, cost effective. It's it's pretty cost effective. Four, just because the pork can be a little um, expensive, trying to get not expensive, but. I don't know. I'd still say a four because there's a couple of different components. If, like if you had to buy, if you had to buy pork and mustard and yogurt and polenta and cheese and yeah, rosemary, okay. All right. like po- rosemary is like three dollars in our area, mm. and polenta's cheap. That's great, but cheese, like we can only get it in the big block, three dollars. The pork's like ten, fifteen dollars. Another three dollar yogurt, like it all adds okay. up. Yeah, all right, okay. I, I can I'm agree. Gonna, with I'm a gonna four. three dollars you to death into a four. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with about a four. It's like, it's just like it feels like it's cheap because of what you get at the end. Feels so expensive, and you know, like it's just honey and mustard and yeah. pork, you know. But if you literally a bag of pretzels, if you're somebody that has most of the stuff laying around all from like another recipe or then you're that's your pantry staple. We're getting like we got like five pieces of inch and a half thick uh, pork chops for like fifteen dollars or something. Something like that. That's cheap. That's cheap. (laughs) It's just all of it together can end up being more than you expected. Yeah, it's just if you compare, like, what you can get, like, a big pork steak versus a beef steak, it's ridiculous how much cheaper pork is. So, I mean, that's why we've kind of glommed on to pork. <laughs> it's so much cheaper. Um, all right, what the fuck factor? Mm, it's it had, it's it had a level of interest that made me go, oh, I don't, like, I've never had this. I don't know if it was, like outlandish like no it made a lot of sense like yeah. when i look at it, I'm like oh it's oh, like pork and pretzels it's like pork delicious. schnitzel with pretzels and mustard oh okay all of this is just like yes i've never put these things together but when somebody says of course these things in that order that. that yep it's a good call uh yeah so uh it's like a three because it, it is weird that you're crusting it with pretzels sort of but it's not... But it's not crazy. It's not crazy. Um, not I would weird. agree with your three on that. It feels very much like something that you would find in, like, a modern restaurant. 
like on a menu and you'd be kind of like oh that's kind of interesting and new but also your head wouldn't explode like something from like a nice downtown um area where they've been revitalizing it and the chef is like oh i'm gonna make something like I'm going to take classic American food and turn it on its head. Boop, Thank boop, you. Boop. <laughs> you would find that there. And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, kind of. Um, three. Yeah. Three. The dark horse here of all the ones on here that I did not expect to be so high is our last category. Oh, yeah, leftovers. What are you going to give this for leftovers? Dude, I'm going to give it a five. I thought it reheated perfectly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I was but thinking. But that's not what I, I would have expected. I thought this was going to not be edible. No. Like, I thought the breading was going to be terrible, and I was just we were just going to power through it. Um. Well, I thought... So I thought the biggest issue was that the pork was going to be super dry. Yeah. Because reheating pork... Is always a nightmare. It's kind of a shit show. And um, that probably had to do with the 24-hour marinade. Yeah, it had a lot to really do with helped. that and the thickness of the... Just, the thickness it's, of the It pork. was so juicy Good. when we first ate it. Like, so juicy. Um, but, like, even the next day, reheating it Perfect. in the oven... It was still good. It was really juicy. I did, at least for our time constraints, I did heat it in the oven to get the the outside to give it texture. And then I finished it in the microwave because mm-hmm. I couldn't get the center hot. Yeah. But if you did it all in the microwave, it might the breading it would might be, be so mushy, gushy. which you don't. Really it was like. when I took it out uh, of the fridge and put it on the pan. The breading was very like a gummy texture, but the oven I put it back to three seventy five, which is what we cooked it at. Yeah, and you know reheated perfectly. And then the the honey mustard sauce just tastes delicious on anything. Yep, just wakes it right back up. The polenta reheated just fine. It was a little drier, but what do you expect? It's polenta. It is polenta. Polenta but, does not reheat super well, but... But the, the fact that the pork came back to life so well... Yeah, I mean, that I, I expected it to not be good at all. It, exactly. That's why, I, that's why I think it's you know, five. It's a dark horse five. Like, mm-hmm. very unexpected five. Yeah, it was a very good lunch the next day. So, I mean, don't leave it in your refrigerator for like days, maybe. But if you make four or five like we did and can't eat that many, like we couldn't. (laughs) No, we ended up eating one and a half. We split one of that, the smaller one on the first day because we were, you know, being, oh, dinner and we were drinking, so we're a little hungrier. And, but it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. After I mean, the next day, yes. Two days out? I don't know. What did we pair this with? It was a red wine. Was it a red wine? Yeah, we had a red wine with this. This wasn't the sparkling Pinot? Mm. No, that was the fish. No, that was the crab nachos. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was... That it was a red wine, and I was like, not sure. Was it something sweet? It was a Cab Sauv. That's right. It was an Adelaide Cabernet Sauvignon. I was really hesitant to pair a Cabernet with with that with pork because that's very non traditional. Usually, you would want to do that with something like a steak because it's very like dry and can't 
pepper can be kind of peppery um and have like leather like tanny leathery um flavors to it so it's just like a lot of body and holds up better to steak but it held up really well to this this turned out really good definitely depends on you know what cabernet you have this one i just knew that uh, from this winery that we are part of, Adelaida and Paso Robles. Paso Robles. They have um, this this particular Cabernet. Their wines tend to be like on the fruitier side and less on the dry side in general. So I was feeling like this might be a really nice balance between something like a Zinfandel, like a jammy, fruity. Uh, but with like the maturity, the mature taste, like kind of more refined of a cab stove. Um, and like with all the, with the rosemary and the kind of complex flavors going on with the mustards and the caramely flavor from the pretzel, it all just went really well with, with that cab stove. So uh, if you can't get if you can't get a good cab stove that's that's kind of like a little bit full-bodied for a cab, a little fruity, um, a blend would be a good bet. Like a nice fruity blend that is that is like heavy and like bold. Because uh, this has, it's got a lot of, it's like super savory. And, um, yeah, it's not a steak, it's pork, but <laughs> it's like really meaty. <laughs> so I'm trying to make it a point to talk about the wines that we pair more because at the beginning of the, of the, like the first episode of this, I was like, I'm going to talk about the wines that we're pairing with the food. But we don't always pair wine. Don't always pair with wine. Not but when we do. goes with wine. But when we do, yeah, let's talk about it. When we do. Let's talk about it. I like to advise, you yeah. know, it's it's tricky when you're trying to, <laughs> it's tricky to talk to people about wine when you know, like, too much about wine, because you're trying to, like, <laughs> talk like normal people about, because, you know, because a lot of people that don't really drink a lot of wine don't know what the grape varietals are, because you wouldn't necessarily know that, or you don't, you know, you don't know the characteristics of the the varietals, so I'm trying to, like, describe the flavors like you would describe food to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, but that can also get really, like, sniffing your own farts, sounding like, oh, I taste <laughs> grass and horse saddles and shit in this wine, and you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, <laughs> um... People that have really good, like, sense memory, like, smell memory kind of probably get what I'm talking about, though. Where you, you'll, like, there's all the time I'll smell something or eat something. Uh, or it's usually I'm eating something and I'll, I'll, or drinking something. I'll be like, this tastes like the smell of, like, my grandma's tissue box or something stupid like that. And you have like, much better sense of smell memory than I do. <laughs> and people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's had this really specific smell. Or, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just, just real, like, hyper-specific little memories and things that you can connect to other things. But but if you don't know that, that smell is half of taste, then you wouldn't even know what I'm talking about. So... <laughs> 
try, trying to make this accessible, but also appeal to maybe people that know cooking better than us. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, anyway. So, anyway. That was a different way to end it. I, Yeah, we got to remember to do that for if we actually paired wine with the meal. We're going to talk about our wine. Our wine. Um, and I don't know. I just really liked it. I, I can't rave about it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this recipe is really good. It's You, you think it's going to be really good, and it is really good. It's a little tricky to pull it off, but um, but if you're comfortable with, if you're like reasonably comfortable with cooking, you can do it. It's just you're gonna need more than one person, and you know, just give it a try and be careful on the searing that you don't burn it. You'll probably be fine. You'll be fine. You'll enjoy it. Go make. Get a friend. Get a spouse. Get a loved one. Go make the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you fuck it up, I mean, it's not it's like not the it's end of the world. super expensive or anything. You, <laughs> if you fucked this one up, it might hurt because it's so much work, but... Yeah, I mean... At least it's not going to hurt your wallet. When I fu- Every time I fuck up meat, I get really upset, so I, I know how you feel, but... <laughs> um, but... I'm just going to keep saying but a million times because I don't know where I'm going with any of my thoughts anymore. Yeah, um, get a big butt and you're going to stick it at the end of the show. I really wish I had a big ass fart to rip right now, but I don't. <laughs> so, anything you want to say but other than big ass fart? Mm, nope. It's nope. Uh, Friday Eve and very upset that I have to work tomorrow. <laughs> but. Happy Friday tomorrow, everyone, or wherever you listen to this. Um, oh, we probably won't have another episode until after... The New Year. The... Well, no, not after the New Year. After the holidays, though. Or after the Christmas holiday. So I'm sorry. The oh, specific yeah, one that's coming up. There's a whole... <laughs> I always forget that there's a whole week in between. Yeah, there totally is. Totally <laughs> we'll, is. We'll, we'll probably be back. Well, we should be back. We could, we're we gonna will. be back. We will. Commitment. We've been getting better. Yeah, I think we're committed to you, audience. There's seven of you following this, and how many? Seven. Oh, I thought you said seventy. <laughs> I was like, wow. No, there's seven. Well, and... I want to keep doing it for all seven of you. Yes. Thank you. I'm not even one of them because I don't even subscribe to my own podcast. Um, I don't. I think I, you know, I'm pretty sure I did. I'm, I'm dead because I have to like make sure that the posts go up and everything. Well, the other six of you that are still here, we appreciate you. <laughs> I'm just gonna count me. <laughs> I listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't. I don't listen to myself. I am my voice on recordings. Well, so thank you for listening to me. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna say good night. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go get pork chops. Pork chops. And don't overcook them. Good night. You have to pull up the thing to stop it. Yeah, I do. Good night. Bye.